Good afternoon. I am Pastor Antonio Eubanks of Heat Ministries, where we believe in using the Word of God to heal, empower, and teach so that you may be properly equipped to help establish the kingdom of God and its principles in your families, communities, and world. If you're in the metro Atlanta area, we invite you to attend our Sunday service for a life-impacting experience. Please visit our website at heatministries.org for more information. We would love to hear from you. But for now, we pray that you enjoy this message. God bless. The soldiers took him away into the palace, and they called together the whole Roman cohort. They dressed him up in purple, and after twisting a crown of thorns, they put it on him. And they began to acclaim, Hail, King to the Jews, King of the Jews. They kept beating his head with the reed and spitting on him, and kneeling and bowing before him. After they had mocked him, they took the purple robe off him and put his own garments on him, and they led him out to crucify him. So we got this scene now where they basically are beating and mutilating Christ. He's being he's being disfigured at this point. He's he's not recognizable at this point. He, they're leading him out. They saying they beat him and spitting on him and the crown of thorns. We've seen the movies where you know they show all the things, the passion of Christ and all that, and and it says. And that B clause of, of 20, it says, and they led him out to crucify him. But then in verse 21, it says, they, and they're talking about the Romans here, who were leading Christ to the cross, or leading Christ to Golgotha. It says in verse 21, they pressed into service a passerby. A passerby. Somebody say in the wrong place at the wrong time. Because they pressed in the service a passerby. He was just passing by. He, he didn't sign up for what's about to happen. He was just passing by. He came to the club to get his groove on. He didn't come for the gunfire. He was just passing by. But he got pressed in the service. And it says they pressed in the service a passerby coming from the country, Simon of Serene, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear his cross. To bear his cross. To bear his cross. How many know, and that's why I'm stopping that, because it's to bear his cross. Whose cross was Simon getting ready to bear? Jesus' cross. We got Jesus walking through the streets, carrying the cross, and the Romans are beating him as he's going. And he's carrying his cross. And 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 you got to realize that the cross is, is a very tall piece of wood and, and it was heavy and he, he's carrying it on his back and they see he's falling down and he really can't keep going because they've already beaten the life out of him already. But yet he's still carrying his own cross. But then he see, then the Romans see this man. Now you got to imagine in this scene, there's mobs, there's people all in the streets, there's, there's, there's people yelling and, and saying crucify him. There's people who are crying and saying, no, don't crucify him. So it's just a crazy scene going on. But yet, out of all these people on both sides of the street, the Romans turn to this man and they say, you, come here. Come here. Bear his cross. Help him carry this thing. 
How many know that you might at that point in time feel like you're in the wrong place at the wrong time? Why is that? Because see the cross, we look at the cross today and we see the cross as a symbol of atonement, getting right with God, salvation, forgiveness, and, and grace and love because of what he did on the cross. But the cross back then, put yourself in that, in that particular time period. The cross back then was simply an instrument of death. That's all it meant, an instrument of death. And here you got this man, Jesus, who was coming through the streets carrying his death with him. And now he, now the Romans say, you know what? I'm going to enlist you. And then I like how the scripture says, pressed into service. That means he didn't come willingly. That means he didn't want to do this. He didn't want to take on this job. He was pressed into service. He was a passerby. He wasn't even there for what was going on. You know why Simon really was there? He was there for the Passover. He was there for the tradition of Passover. He said, I'm just coming to get my bread, drink my wine, and say my little prayers, and I'm going back home. I didn't come for all of what's going on right now. But yet, he, he found himself spectating. Had anybody heard the curiosity kill the cat? See, he, he found himself spectating. He must have been at the front of the crowd, too, because they picked him out. He, he might have been looking like, what's going on? What's going on? See, sometimes you can keep on looking and trying to see what's going on, and you find yourself what? In a predicament. You find yourself caught up because you're just trying to spectate, and now you've got to participate. You're you like, I, I just came to look. I didn't come to do. But no, it, it, right now, because of, uh, of, of what you, where you at and where you're standing, and she says the Romans pressed them into service. See, the Romans was the enemy at that time. And see, when the enemy catch you spectating, when the enemy just catch you just hanging out, looking, I, you, you, you know, I'm just here to look. But you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. So you must want to you must want to participate because you're looking. You must want to be a part of it because you're standing there. You passing by, but you didn't keep going by. You stopped. So he could have just kept on walking, but he must have, what, stopped. And that's what the enemy wait for you to do. He wait for you to stop in that place, stop in that situation, stop in what you're going through. And then he's going to press you into service. He's going to press you into doing things for him. And that's what the Romans did. They called him out and said, you know what? Do this. You got to help. You got to help carry this cross. You got to help carry this instrument of death. And now he didn't want to do this because he was going to the Passover and to carry an instrument of death would make him unclean for the Passover. It would make him where he could even take the Passover. He couldn't even get the blessing of the Passover. How many know again, when you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, you lose your blessings. Because God don't bless no mess. So now he's become unclean. He's become filthy. He can't even take the Passover because he's helping somebody who he don't even know. He might have heard of Jesus. He might have he seen him a couple of times, heard the stories, seen about the miracles. But he don't know this man who he got to help in his suffering. He finds himself in the wrong place at the wrong time. The enemy has pressed him into service. How many have y'all been in the wrong place at the wrong time and the enemy has pressed you into service? For some of us, the enemy didn't even have to press. Some of us volunteered for service. We signed up. We, 
We re-enlisted. We didn't even wait for the draft. You're like, I'm here, I'm front and center. I'm front and center. See, when I was out there womanizing and chasing tail and skirt, I was front and center, volunteering. Volunteering for the, for the downfall of souls. Volunteering for taking the minds out of people, out of women's minds, and, and, and using them and abusing them. I, not physically, but emotionally, mentally, and even spiritually. Yes, that's real. Volunteering. I didn't have to get pressed in the service. All right. I like the service. Mm -hmm. Because, see, sin is like that. You like what you're doing at the time because it feels good at the time. It seems good at the time. But just like Simon, you carrying an instrument of death. Oh, you carrying an instrument of death. You in service. But somebody say, but God. But God. God kept me. Amen. God kept us. Amen. And we're going to see right here that God kept Simon. Because, see, you got to think, Simon picks up this cross. He's now unclean. He came for the Passover tradition, but now he has an encounter with the Passover lamb. He came for tradition, but he coming and leaving out with a connection. Amen. Some of us come to church because it's what we supposed to do. Mama told us to come. We got to come. We made to come. We come for tradition, but we got to leave with a connection. A connection. So he picks up this cross and he's walking with Jesus. And how many know that if he's walking with Jesus side by side, there, there's something going on. There, there, there. It doesn't talk about that in scripture, but this is where you have to get the revelation. This is how you have to let the Holy Spirit show you that if he's walking with him with this cross, then you got to realize that, that, that there's a, a instant thing that's going on. Some type of connection is going on, even if it's nothing but for that moment. But there's something that goes on. There's something that goes on. And I could even see Jesus saying out of the scripture when it, when he's when it's talked about in Luke chapter nine, it says, "Deny yourself and take up the cross." He could have whispered that to to Simon and said, "Deny yourself, yes, yes. take up the cross and follow me." Wow. Anybody who wants to give up his life shall have life. Because yes. he had given up his life at that point. He had given up his life. Simon had and had taken on a death instrument, and Jesus said, "No." To, to deny yourself and take up the cross. But see, a lot of times we, we are taught that taking up the cross means that you're going to take up a burden. It's a burden. And we, we, we sometimes wear it pridefully in, in the church. Lord, I just bear my cross. I got a cross to bear. Lord have mercy. You know, my life just so hard. And I'm just bearing these crosses. And God just, God know I'm willing. I'm willing to bear this cross. That's not what it's about. Bearing the cross means what? It means denying yourself because the cross was an instrument of death. They put bodies on that cross to die. That's what picking up your cross means. Christ said, get on this thing to die to yourself. Quit trying to do the things the way you want them to be done. Quit trying to live the way you want to live. Quit trying to be what you want to be. Why don't you die to yourself? Because you already died anyway, so why don't you just go ahead and die to yourself, get out of that selfish way, get out of that way that you're trying to do, and follow me. 
Because he says in the scripture what? He is the way, the light, and the truth. He says follow, follow the life. Follow the life. Deny yourself. So when he picks up this cross, he instantly one thing happens. And it doesn't say in the scripture, but we can we can make assumptions. We're not adding to the scripture. We're just allowing the scripture to reveal itself. It says that he picked up the cross and started walking with Christ to Golgotha, to where they were going to crucify him. The first thing that happens instantly is he comes into the presence of Christ. He can't pick up that cross and get next to Christ without what? Coming into the presence of Christ. He was so close to Christ that again, he can hear the voice of Christ. What does the word of God say? It says faith what? Comes by hearing and hearing what? The word of God. And we know that in John 1, chapter 1, that Christ is what? The word of God. So I got to believe that coming into the presence right then and now, Simon, Simon's faith was increased. Your faith increased when you come into the presence of God. Your faith stirs up when you come into the presence of God. Meaning when you start opening this Bible and reading the word, your faith begins to get stirred. Your faith begins to increase. You come into the presence of of God. See, Cyrene, where Simon was from, was a was one of the major philosophical centers at that time. They taught a lot of philosophy, a lot of rational thought, a lot of thinking and analyzing. So you got to imagine an analytical person is now standing in the presence of God. There's a lot of questions he got to ask. There's a lot of things he want to know. But God is all he's saying is, you just enjoy my presence. Anything that you want to know, I got the answer to because I am the truth. You believed a lot of lies. See, one thing the enemy will do is he'll tell you a whole bunch of truths so eventually you will believe his lie. See, a lot of what the enemy been telling you and doing and your friends, they'll tell you a whole lot of truth. They'll, and it'll all turn out to be truth. But the enemy's only doing that long enough so that eventually when he tells that lie, you will believe that is truth as well. But Simon comes into the presence of God and, and, and he finds himself there and, and he knows that he's now unclean. He came to spectate, but now he's participating. He finds himself in an unclean state, but Jesus is there. And how many know if you come to Christ, no matter how you come to him, no matter how you look, no matter how you act, no matter how you talk, dress, walk, whatever, no matter how you come to Christ, he's going to straighten it out. You don't have to straighten yourself out, then come. You don't have to get right, then come. You don't have to dress right, then come. He says, come what? As you are. And that's what Simon did. Come as you are. And he did the rest. Turn real quickly to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. Because we got to understand that what Christ is doing in our lives is making a change. It's making a change. James chapter 4, verse 8, it says, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your heart, you double-minded. But then I like the verse 7, I really I should have read that first. It says, Submit therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit. Submit. We talked about that last week. Surrender. Submit yourself. It says submit yourself to God. That was a submission that Simon had to do in order to pick up this cross. 
Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Then verse 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. All that's saying is, if you come to him, he's already there. He's already there, ready to do everything. He says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Double-minded. God doesn't want us to be double-minded. God doesn't want us to be all twisted up in our mind and, and, and believing one day and doing another thing the next. Saying we one way and doing the next. One thing God cannot stand is a hypocrite. And how many know the church is full of them? See, we can quote scripture all day long. John 3, 16, this and John 22 and 5, this and, and Malachi 3, 10 and this, that, and that. We'll quote the scripture to the two ways of Sunday. But then you see that same person cussing somebody out. That same person smoking weed. I used to be the one. Talk scriptures one minute, smoking weed the next, doing both at the same time another time. Come on, straddling the fence. <laughs> Lukewarm. And in Revelations, God say what? He don't like lukewarm. He'll spew you out of his mouth. Yeah, he was like, yeah, I'd like for you to know the scripture. Oh, that's good. Yeah, you share the scripture with the people you're around, but you smoking weed. So what you're doing is you're taking the water that's in you and you're squeezing it through a dirty sponge. So everybody's drinking, getting contaminated. Because you're saying one thing, but you're doing another. Clean your hands. That means clean up your flesh. Clean up your actions. Because your hands do things. Your hands touch things. Clean up that flesh. Purify your heart. That means get your spirit right. We learned a couple weeks ago that God will do that. You don't even have to come. You don't even have to try to fix it on your own. You can't. Fix it on your own. God will fix your heart. God will twist everything up and, and make it better. He'll turn it out for the way he wants to. But we do have to come to the party. That's right. That's right. We do have to show up. Now, if that means you show up high, show up high. If that means you show up as a whole, show up as a whole. If that means you show up, however you're going to show up, show up that way. But show up willing to change. Willing to change. Turn to Galatians real quick. Because when you talk about the flesh, and, and a lot of us hear that word all the time, walk, walk by the spirit and not the flesh. And people say, well, what's the flesh? Because that's what we laying down on this cross, is we sacrificing the flesh. We sacrificing the flesh. The flesh has to die. But but what is this flesh? Because see, people are like, well, I ain't trying to kill myself. I mean, what kind of church is that? I ain't trying to do all that. Not, I, that, ain't how I, that ain't what I signed up for. You know, but here's the flesh. And I like how the message Bible said. I don't I don't usually refer to the message Bible definitely for studying, but but I like how it it sums this up right here. And starting at uh verse nineteen. Galatians chapter five. Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse uh, 19. It says, um, it says, it is obvious, it is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Mm. Trying to get your own way all the time. 
That's what walking in the flesh is. You're trying to get your own way all the time. How many know that you can't get your own way all the time? You can't even get it with your mom and dad. So how do you think you go get it with God? You can't get your own way all the time. It says it is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex. A stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. Frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness. Trinket gods. Magic show religion. Paranoid loneliness. Cutthroat competition. All-consuming yet never satisfied wants. Mm, 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 mm. All-consuming yet never satisfied. Always trying to get some. Always trying to grind. I'm on the grind. I'm on the grind. You always grinding, but you ain't never getting. All-consuming yet never satisfied wants. A brutal temper and impotence to love or be loved. How many know that hurt people hurt people? You don't love yourself, so how you gonna love somebody else? And then it said divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits. You ain't even thinking big enough. What you pursuing ain't even big enough for God. You pursuing a little anthill. He's saying, I want you to go after the mountain, but you keep walking with a small mind and lopsided pursuits. The vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival. Uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions. How many know you're going to be addicted to something? Everybody is. You're either going to be addicted to Christ or you're going to be addicted to that weed or you're going to be addicted to that man. Uncontrollable addiction, meaning that it's got control of you. Ugly parodies of community. And then he says, I could go on. I could go on. This is all the stuff he's talking about that's manifestations of your flesh. So the flesh is just a symbolic thing. He said, these are the fruits of the flesh. All this stuff he just talked about. Love is cheap sex, thing accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. How many of us walking around with accumulation? That's why I like that word, accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. That means you, you keep going back. That's what accumulation is. That means it's piling up. This ain't the first time you done stepped in the trash. This ain't the first time you done dealt with that mess. You keep going back. You keep going back over and over again, and then you wonder why the garbage is in my life. Why do I stink? Why do I feel filthy? Why am I in a mess? Because you keep going back. The old saying is, you fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, what? Shame on me. That ain't scripture. That's just wisdom. Amen? You keep going back. If you're walking down the street and you see a hole in that street, you fall in the hole the first time, okay, go bad. Everybody messed up. Somebody was wrong. You know, somebody left the hole. You can blame other folks. You can do whatever you want to. Just get out the hole. But then you keep walking down that street, and every time you walk down that same street, you fall in that same hole. After a while, it ain't the hole. It's you. And that's just 100. Stinking accumulation. Stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. We got so much stuff in our head. How can we walk by the Spirit when we carrying garbage? Simon sitting here trying to carry his cross and imagine all the garbage that he probably had in his life. But when he's in the presence of God, God is saying, you know what? I can clean all that up. 
I don't want you to be double-minded no more. Because then Peter talks about, it says, be sober-minded because the enemy is seeking whom he can devour. See, we got to be sober-minded, meaning we got to have a right mind. That means sober physically, meaning stop doing the drinking and drugging and all that stuff, but also be sober-minded spiritually. Because if you're not sober-minded, the enemy will devour you. The enemy will take you out. The enemy will take you out. And the bad part about it is the enemy will be taking you out and you thinking you the life for the party. You thinking that everything is going good. Everything is going good. All right. See, because the enemy has a good benefit plan. You benefit a lot. The enemy can bless you. Some of these artists get on TV and say, I'd like to thank God for, you know, helping me to win this award and all this kind of stuff. And I always question, what God are you thanking? Because I hear your lyrics and they're not uplifting nobody. They they actually putting a foothold and a stranglehold on the, on the people. So what God are you thinking? I think they're thinking the God of the air, which is the enemy. See, the enemy can bless because just like he was taking Jesus up to the mountain, he said, if you bow down and worship me one time, then I'll give you all this. How can he give it all away? Because Adam gave him the keys to it. But how many know that he basically going to give you stolen merchandise? Because it ain't his to give. He, he in possession of it, but it's not his to give. So yeah, he'll bless you with the car. He'll bless you with the house. He'll bless you with the success. He'll bless you with the fans and all that kind of stuff. He'll bless you with all that stuff. His benefit package is good. However, his retirement plan is death. So enjoy it today. Live it up today and be like the scripture says, eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. Because that's his retirement plan. Because it says the wages of sin is death. Wages. I mean, no wages is something you get paid for. Amen. I'm going to say that again. Wages is something you get paid for. You can't get my wages. I can't get your wages. But guess what? That means you done something to receive it. See, a lot of us like want to say, I didn't, I didn't do nothing to do. It ain't my fault. I didn't do nothing. No, if you're receiving wages, you, you did the work. Amen? But God cleans all that up. God cleans all that up. And then we see Simon here in his presence getting all this cleaned up because he came in filthy. Immediately touching the cross, he got filthy. But, but God cleaned all that up. And then the next thing we see is that he's walking with Christ. See, after you come in filthy, you come in any kind of way, you come in however you come, you just saying, I want to give up all this stuff. I want to give up this emotional garbage. I want to give up this mental garbage. I want to give up my, my, my pursuit of happiness and never being satisfied. I want to give up all this stuff that I'm trying to do my way. I'm ready to give this thing up, God. I'm coming into your presence, but I don't quite know what to do next. Okay, I, I know that I want to leave this behind, but I don't know what to do next. But then Christ will say, just follow me. Just walk with me. Because that's what Simon started doing, is he started walking with Christ to the cross. To the, to the mountain where they were going to crucify him. He started walking with him. See, how many know that, that, that we got to walk in step with God? 
See, a lot of us are out of step with God. We out of step with God, out of timing with God. How I many know that when you walk in, when you walk in this, in step with somebody like in the military, there's a, there's a sinking that, that going on. There's a pace that's going on. There's a cadence that's going on. You gotta walk in a particular way. If you get too far ahead or too far behind, you're out of sync. But you gotta follow God in step. Amen? Amen, amen. And here's the thing. You can only go as fast as he's going. Because if you outrun God, then you might run into a mess. You might run into a situation that you wouldn't even design this time to be built for. That's why God said that the steps of a righteous man are what? Ordered. Ordered. That means there's an order. That means that there's a process. That means that you can't get too fast. You can't get too slow. You got to be ordered. But that also means that there are orders. There are instructions. You got to walk after God in his pace. In his pace. Turn to Psalms 37. Psalms 37. See, because a lot of times we can get so caught up in wanting to do things our way, want to do things how we want to do it, that we end up running ahead of God. We end up getting ahead of him. Well, you know, I need to make it happen now. I got a place to be, people to see things to do. I need to make it happen now. I know they said wait on God, but God taking too long. I need to make this thing happen right now. I need to make this connect today because this connect is here right now. I don't see God talking. I see this connect happening right now. If I make this connection, then I'm going to blow up. <laughs> and you don't realize you prophesying at your own mind. Yeah, you're going to blow up all right. You're going to blow up. Meaning you're going to explode. Meaning you're going to be scattered to pieces. You ain't going to be able to be put back together again. You're going to be like Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. And all the king's horses and all the king men, what? Couldn't put him back together again. Amen? Don't be Humpty Dumpty. Don't be Humpty Dumpty. Yeah, I'm rapping today. Amen? Psalm 37, verse 23. Let me get that. Psalm 27, verse 23. Did I say something wrong? For Psalm 37, didn't I? 37. Bear with me, bear with me. I'm still trying to work through this headache up here. Amen. Psalm 37, verse 23. It says, The steps of a man are established by the Lord, and he delights in his way. But here go verse 24, what I like. When he falls, see, God know you're going to fall. God know you ain't going to get this thing right. God know you ain't perfect. God know, but see, don't use that as an excuse now. God know my heart. Yeah, he know your heart. He know your heart jacked up, messed up, towed up, broke up, busted up. He know all that. He says, when he falls, because how many know when he was walking with that cross, him and Jesus probably fell a couple of times. But they got to get back up. Because see, you, 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 you're trying to sacrifice yourself. I'm trying to do what you want me to do, God. I'm trying to do, I'm trying to do everything right. 
but 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 I'm gonna fall sometime. See when I when I tried to stop smoking, I, I told you I've told you stories about the fact that I, I could I could smell marijuana in the air and wasn't nobody around. I'm like God, what what's going on? I'm trying to do this thing, but just, but I need some help. I'm about to fall right now. I got twenty dollars in my pocket and I got a phone number in my cell phone. I'm about to fall right now. Help me out. Help me out. But it says, when he falls, he will not be hurled headlong. What, what does all that say? Break that down, make it simple, pal. He said, you won't bust your head when you fall. You, you might fall, but you won't bust your head, meaning you won't mess your mind up. Because it says, renew your mind daily. Renew your mind daily. When you, when you fall, get back up. Get, get your mind back right. Don't sit there and look at how you feel. Get back up and dust yourself off. Okay, y'all messed up, but I'm just, I need to get right. I need to do this thing right. I'm trying to do something. It says, because the Lord is the one who holds his hand. See, God is holding your hand. God has got you. God says, that I ain't worried about if you walking this thing out perfect. First of all, I just need you to be walking. If you start walking, I'll show you the steps to take. Follow me. See, follow in the Greek really means to imitate. He says, imitate me. If I walk with my right foot, you walk with the right. If I walk with the left, you walk with the left. All I need you to do is to be willing to follow. That's all. Be willing to follow. And God will work it all out. God will work it all out. While you're in Psalms, go, go up three more chapters. Psalm chapter 40. God will work it all out. Psalms chapter 40 and go you know, uh, verse verse uh, verse 1 starting verse 1 it says I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me and heard my cry then verse 2 it says he brought me up out of the pit of destruction the pit of destruction see how many know that the enemy got us set up for a pit of destruction the enemy got him set up to where he wants you to be in this pit. He done threw you in the pit. you like, oh, my life is the pits. My mama ain't acting right. My job ain't acting right. My husband ain't acting right. My friend, whatever. My money ain't acting right. I'm in this pit right now. And see, that's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to look around at your surroundings. He wants you to think that your circumstance is your destiny. He wants you to think that your situation is your, fi is your final point. He wants you to think that what you're going through right now is what you are. But how many know that he is a lie? Because see, that same pit of destruction... It says that he bought me up out of that pit of destruction. See, God looks at that pit. He says, yeah, you buried in a pit. He says, but instead of calling it a pit, I'm going to make it into a planter. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that thing to grow you. I'm going to use that thing to build you. I'm going to use that thing to make you manifest into something that I have designed you to be. And then it says, out of the miry clay. And he set my feet upon a rock, making my footsteps firm. I like to think that the psalmist here when he said he's setting, setting your feet on the rock, that he's setting your feet on a rock of the word. Of the word. Meaning that your feet shall be on firm foundation. That your feet shall be in a place where you will not fall again. Because there comes a point in time that if you keep on walking, you ain't going to want to fall no more. You ain't going to want to... You ain't going to want to go back to that thing no more. It would be like a dog returning 
to his vomit. And you don't want to go back and do that thing again. When you finally throw that thing up, you don't even want to go back and eat it again. What you throw up, you don't want to eat on again. Why are you going to eat, throw up when there's new food out there to eat? God said, quit going back to the thing of which you left behind. Quit holding on to your past situations like roller coaster handlebars. And you wonder why you're going up and down and round the corner and around the round and spinning and your head all confused. He says, let go. Let go and stand firm on this rock. Stand firm on this rock. Continue to walk like Simon. Walk with him. Come into his presence. Be made whole with God again. It's that simple. It may sound complicated. And I don't like to keep things so spiritual and all up in the sky. All that means is that you got to realize that, you know what? I don't have all this figured out. I don't know the whole plan of this thing. See, because when Simon was picking up this cross and walking with God, how many know that it, it could have been a potential of misidentity? Or, or, or they could have confused him. By the time he got to the cross, they could have been like, are you the one or are you the one? Which one were you supposed to hang? Because they they were similar in look. I won't go into detail, but, but they were similar ethnicities. I just keep it like that. Simon and Christ. So there's a possibility of confusion. But but how many know that, that God says that I want people to be confused, you with me. I want you to be confused with me. Because when people see you, I want them to see me. When people look at you, I want them to see me. When people are around you, I want them to be around me. Because that's what happens in the walk. That's what happens. A transformation happens. There's a point along this walk where I believe that Simon probably said, you know what? You don't even have to worry about it no more. I'm going to finish this thing. I'm going to carry it out because I see what's about to happen. I want to be a part of this work. I want to be a part of this greatness. I want to be a part of something that's bigger than me. I want to be a part of something that's bigger than what I was being told. I want to be a part of greatness. And that's what God wants us to do. He says it's time to come out of the small-minded thinking. It's time to come out of being around folks who ain't meaning you no good. It's time to come off and around all that. See, Simon had to step out of the crowd. Come on. See, some of us want to be around the crowd all the time. We talked about that last week about the silence and the, and the loneliness of being by yourself. But sometimes you got to separate yourself from the crowd. Come on now. Because the crowd... Is led to slaughter. What you say? And you're supposed to be trying to come out of this thing. But see, what we got to realize, are we willing to lose something? Mm-hmm. Are we willing to lose something? See, Simon might have lost his closest friends. Because they said, no, don't, don't do that. You don't even know what's going on. Don't be a part of that mess. Simon might have lost his reputation. How many of us want to keep our reputation so bad that we willing to lose everything else? God says it's greater for a man to, to, to lose his soul. Than, I mean, how do I say it? What I'm trying to say? Help me out. I told you I got a headache. Help me out, somebody. Prosper the world. There you go. The man gain the world and lose his soul. We'll sum it up like that. Amen. Don't gain the world and lose your soul. See, some of us, 
want our reputation to be what we stand out there for. So we put on this representative. It looks good. It looks the part. It looks like a Christian. It looks like everything. But then when we get around these other folks, we don't want them to know. We don't want them to know we're walking with the cross. We don't want them to know that we done sacrificed some things. So we still want to stay down. We still want to be a part of it. How many know that staying down will keep you down? Trying to stay down with the same folks that you came up with. Them are folks. Them are boys. I ain't never going to forget them. I ain't going to never leave them. Yeah, sometimes you need to forget them. Sometimes you need to leave them. You don't believe me? Ask Michael Vick what he think about that. Sometimes you might want to leave them. Sometimes you might want to forget them. Because the same folks, everybody ain't, put it this way, everybody ain't designed to go where you going. See, everybody wasn't designed to walk this walk that Simon was on. He was picked out of a crowd. But that means that God had his eye on him. He said, out of this crowd of people, I'm picking you. Out of this crowd of people, I'm picking you. You can do this. You was built for this. You was designed for this. Come out of that crowd. Don't worry about your friends. Don't worry about your reputation. Don't worry about your job. I got all that. If you walk on this walk with me, I promise you, I promise you, at the end, it's going to benefit you. Turn lastly right here to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. See, it doesn't matter what you're going through. Because at the end, at the end, like I said last week, if, it, if, if everything is all in disarray and it's still messed up, then guess what? God ain't finished yet. Because God is not the author of confusion. So if you got a lot of confusion going on in your life, then either God ain't writing your story or he ain't finished yet. You got to decide which one is the truth. Romans chapter 8, verse 12. Says, so then, brethren, we are under obligation, not to the flesh. Remember, not, not to those emotional and mental garbage, not to that chasing after things but never satisfied, not to that to that loveless sex, not to that you know uh, can't be loved. We're not under obligation to none of that. To live according to the flesh. Verse thirteen. For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. You got to get rid of all that stuff. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of your body, how do you die? By the Spirit. Saying, God, I, I want your Spirit to help me to do this thing. By the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Verse 14, for all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption. As sons, by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, so that we may be also glorified with him. What is all that saying? That's a whole lot of stuff. What is that saying? He's saying you ain't a slave no more. You're not a slave no more. All that stuff that you was a slave to. See, here's the thing. If, if that thing that you're going after, if that thing that you're seeking, I don't care if it's a job, I don't care if it's fame, I don't care if it's money, I don't care if it's a person. If that thing that you're going after, if you cannot, if you cannot for a moment leave that thing behind, then you're not the one that's going after it. You're not the one that's controlling it. It's controlling you. 
it's in control of you. But God says he didn't give us a spirit to make us slaves again. We don't have to be slaves to the thing. God says that, that we've been bought out of slavery. See, slaves didn't have rights. Slaves didn't have rights to, to the, to the, to the heir. They didn't have, when the father died and the slaves was in the house, they didn't get anything. They, they, they got what was left over. But God says, no, you've been adopted into the family. You are now a son. You can benefit. Yeah, you might suffer. You might go through some things. But at the end of it all, there's benefit to this. If, if it don't kill you, it's only there to make you stronger. There's a benefit to going through. It says that, that, that counted all joy. He says, even though you're going through some things, that trials and that adversity, it builds what? Character. And then that character turns into what? Hope. That hope is expectation. So you can know the fact that no matter what I'm going through, no matter what I'm doing, no matter what cross I'm picking up and walking, if I'm dying to this thing today, that means there's something good going to manifest tomorrow. All I'm looking at right now is everything I die from is like seed. I'm planting this in the ground. God, if I give this up, then I know you got to get me this. If I let go of that, then I can grab a hold to this. Some of us can't get nothing because we holding on to everything. God said, it's time to let some of that stuff go. It's time to drop everything. It's time to just say, you know what? I don't even like how I'm living right now. I don't even like what I'm doing right now. I don't even like who I'm around right now. I'm just around because I'm used to them. I'm just around because that's all I was used to. I'm doing it out of tradition, but I don't want a tradition no more. I want connection. I want a realness. I want purpose. I want destiny. I want understanding and then you got. And that's how it works. I want it all together. We want it all together. Amen. We need it all together. We need it all together in order to be fully healed from the things that we're going through. To be fully healed and, and restored from the things that we're going through. We got to come into the presence of God like Simon did. And when we come into that presence of God, and meaning that we start reading our word, it ain't just coming to church. It's opening up this Bible and saying, God, show me myself. Show me what to do. Show me how to do this thing. Help me to understand it. God, I don't even understand all that Shakespeare language. Well, guess what? God gave other translations. Start with the message. Everybody can understand that. That's written for babies and kids. Start somewhere and then grow yourself up. There are no excuses. Excuses are for lazy folks. Excuses are for people who don't want nothing. Excuses are for people who ain't going to be nothing. We don't make excuses in the kingdom. We make it happen in the kingdom. Make it happen. If you're going to grind, grind for some time. Grind for the eternal life. Grind for God. Grind for the things that God wants for you. Because how many know that you can't even begin to imagine all the things that God has for you? We could dream our wildest dreams and it still wouldn't even come close to what God wants for your life. He ain't saying he wants you broke. He ain't saying he wants you not to have nothing. He's just saying, I want your heart to be right before you get those things. I want your heart to be right before I bless you. Because if I bless you while you still messing, all you're going to do is mess yourself up and a bunch of other folks too. He said, no, I need your heart to be right. Because if your heart is right, then I know that I can trust you because you trust me. And then you can be healed. You can be healed. You can be healed. You can be healed. Because see, the thing is, you got to be healed so that you can help heal others. 
Because see, Simon became a part of a greater work. He's even talked about him by Paul, and even his children benefited from what he did with Christ. See, it ain't just about us. It ain't just about you. You got children, children, and, and generations that's coming after you that will benefit from the work you're doing. They either going to benefit from the good work or they're going to benefit from the bad work. You will reap what you sow. You might not be the one that reap it, but your children will. That's why I prayed that time. God, please do not allow my children to reap some of them seeds that I have sown out there. I sown seed that were not good. I need you to uproot that stuff so that they don't get caught up in it, so that they don't get entangled in it, so they don't get installed in it. Uproot that stuff so that they can be healed.